Hello, and welcome to Resolve, an afterplay show. This is an after show for a role-playing game that does not have an actual play. We tell you all the details of our game so you don't have to listen to it. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'll be your host. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Asiri Amoli, the deep sea mermaid, also uses she, her. Joining me today is my wonderful co-host, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. I play Moogle Avatar of Alexander Smog. Both of us use he, him pronouns. We are joined today by Carolyn. Hi, I'm Carolyn. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and so does my character, Pony, a miniature horse who is not, in fact, a unicorn. Hey, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. So now that we're all here, Alex, why don't you tell us about the actual play? Previously, in a feat, Worldcore enters Strumalong, a cheap tropical convenience store currently staffed by Shred. After convincing him, mostly unintentionally, that they are aliens, they leave with a few items purchased with ranking points. Isiri tests out the waters, eventually dunking her head in and temporarily deafening herself. Snare, another billboard-ranked instrument, accosts Asiri for her loud, arrhythmic speech. Tao heals Asiri while Smog works Snare up more, leading to a musical battle. Worldcore wins the battle despite Snare empowering himself with a strange red aura. Asiri attempts to ask Snare about the local house, but he runs. Asiri accidentally knocks Snare out. They return Snare to his spawn point in the carnival. Tao tries to distract Asiri from her concerns with the carnival game, but Snare passes by again. He seems to have forgotten their interaction and attempts to run away when he learns the World Corps is attempting to challenge the house leader. They follow Snare and beat him to Strumalong, where they challenge house leader Shred. Alright, so now that you've heard the actual play, let's do a deep dive into the session. We have left Tutorial Town, and we're moving our way up in this wild world. Animal Crossing? Wild World? Animal Crossing Wild World? We're gonna collect seashells and make new friends, except instead of animals, they are musical instruments. So I guess we could make that approximation if you'd like. We shoot down balloons, but it's a rhythm game. Oh my god. Have to <laughs> <get them> one <laughs> rhythm. I like that we're starting on what is ostensibly the most fucked up beach a Siri has ever seen in her life. <laughs> Oh, true. I like that we enter the first place that Dan tells us about in any detail. Yeah. He didn't need to prod us to go. We were just like, ooh, stuff. I like things. A store. Things are here. <laughs> so this convenience store was called Stormalong, right? Strumalong. Strumalong. Like on a guitar. Strumalong. Okay. Because <laughs> I was thinking it was Stormalong, like from Flapjack. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that was like you unlock some deep-seated memories there. i don't know that i've watched a full episode of flapjack i failed to describe the almost surrealist nature of this fucking show <laughs> <laughs> i've heard that it passed down a bunch of people to a lot of different cartoon network shows that made it big so yeah i think like rebecca sugar is from there the adventure time guys are from there a couple other people but it was bizarre and it was definitely a product of like mid-2010s Cartoon Network, everything else on that was just nuts. The aesthetics certainly play in here, because I know that much about it, and the store is very cheap and tropical. But yeah, Strumalong is kind of like a brew-through or something. It's just a cheap-ass beach convenience store, 7-Eleven hybrid. You had a really good pull, but I can't remember what it was in the session. Ron John. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you've ever been to a Ron John, kind of like that, but I guess without the drive through because I don't think we've seen anybody driving a vehicle in this world. Is there a vehicle that is a musical instrument? I think hmm. some people would like to claim their cars are, considering the amount of speakers I've heard driving around. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something like an old-fashioned American bandstand? Ooh, that's a good idea. You could have a horn, but then everything around it is a car. That's hilarious. Carolyn, has Pony been in a lot of convenience stores? Are there convenience stores in Shrek? <laughs> I imagine not. I imagine she's seen one of those open-air marketplaces where everyone has their own little stall and table and you can walk down the center. That is what she was trying to connect the convenience store to. But then they didn't sell apples or carrots. So the that she was completely lost. They sold an apple product, I guess. Apple speakers. But she can't eat that without dying, so it doesn't count to her. <laughs> we had produce. It wasn't fresh, apparently. Dan did a roll and was like, oh man, I have to do a shred. The other- oh man, I cannot do a... Uh, Shaw, dude, you gotta Shaw. try to wait until <laughs> next week when we get fresh <laughs> produce in. <laughs> Shaka bra, dude. <laughs> I did it like a, like a British surfer. You did, yeah. <laughs> Do they even have British surfers? It must be so cold in England. Surfers are hardcore. Like, if you like waves, you will find any fucking wave and shred. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, there's people chasing pre-hurricane tidal forces, like, 100-foot swells. It's nuts. Oh. So, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of British surfers. I think I've watched a movie about somewhere in the UK, surfers. I'm just thinking of, like, that Australian mermaid show. What is it, H2O? Yeah! <laughs> Surfer stuff going on in that franchise as well. Ah, so that was the voice I was using. It was secretly Australian. Australian. <laughs> just straight going, like, put another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows what a shrimp is. They're on a beach. You know what? That's probably fair. This is perhaps a tangent too far, but I did try to do an Australian accent for a character in Zach's game. I think it was like a big rabbit man or something. I don't know why I had that pull. And then everybody was like, it kind it sounds kind of maybe like New Zealand. And then I was like, this character is gone and I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... Literally the worst at accents. The only one I can do is my actual accent, which is a southern one that I've secretly repressed for the last 20 years. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the only one I can do. And then sometimes, oh, I can actually do a pretty decent upstate New Yorker, but that's just because a lot of my family is from upstate New York. I mean, I can't even do New York. I've just got vaguely northeast (laughs) for smog. Sometimes it's from Boston. Smog dips a little bit into the Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. So what about our main man, Shred? What are our thoughts regarding our guitar-themed, wiry, surfer bro, convenience store owner slash manager? I really want to know what made him the leader here, because we have no good hints so far. He seems kind of content in his cashier role at this little convenience store. I know like Dan is basing this off of Pokemon stuff and all of the gym leaders have to have jobs. I don't feel like any of them were quite like that. (laughs) Maybe he's the leader just because he's the coolest guy. (laughs) Yeah, or it could surely be he's so skilled, but he doesn't have the same ambition as some of the other people we've run into. 
he's just very happy with his chill little surf shop and gets to jam out every so often when somebody comes up. We also hear later on that he apparently needs some sort of warning and preparation before battling, and we tried to subvert that. Yeah, apparently he's a little slow on the uptake, according to Snare. <laughs> does need time to change out of his uniform and decompress <laughs> after work so i can see that and swag was just like no now <laughs> we dance battle to the death now <laughs> oh right but part of the early conversation here was i think shred saying something about you're not instruments and leaving it open not implying musical instruments in a certain way and then i as smog was like are there instruments of destruction are there mathematical instruments scientific instruments here there did not seem to be no or it could be that shreds is just really slow on the up <laughs> maybe i think you're probably right because nobody else we've run into seems to be relatively anything other than musical instrument based but it is really funny to think that there might be like a tomahawk missile man running around somewhere <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do have them, but they don't call them, like, instruments. Maybe they call them scientific doohickeys. Or, like, <laughs> gizmos. <laughs> Whatchamacallits. It's reserved for a specific tier. We're in the, the music country right now. You're right. Country music. <laughs> oh, I hope that's one of the areas Dan has planned. <laughs> then use that to transition to allowing Shred to think of other worlds. Like, what if there was a world where math instruments completed to do math the fastest. I didn't want to talk about war. Yeah, I don't think we need to introduce violence to this society. More so than it already exists, I guess. Yeah, what we have here is people not necessarily getting killed, hashing out their disagreements, which is probably for the best. More problems should be solved via rap battle, even though I would do very poorly. Yeah, some kind of musical battle. You know what would be really fun is if we did just an all-instrumental battle and we had to dance to the music. Pony has two left feet, quite literally. I can't imagine she'd be too good at it. But did she ever do any dressage or anything more, like, fancy stuff? Kind of. I mean, she literally had to jump through flaming hoops at the circus, but that's not the same as dressage. Dressage is incredibly elegant. Pony's stuff was incredibly daredevilish and frankly meant to be funny. Ooh, look at this little horse wear this big stupid hat and jump through a hoop. <laughs> <laughs> Catch on fire. This is something we touched upon in last week's episode, so you weren't here to hear it, Carolyn, but th this world has a lot of potential for Pony to push back, explore their trauma a little bit from a performance aspect. Do you think that's something you're willing to look into or think Pony might want to explore about herself? Oh, definitely. She's learning a lot about herself. Her concept of herself as an unpowered unicorn has been shattered. And now she's a regular miniature horse, but now she does have powers of the magical variety. What if she hates doing little tricks and performing stuff, but she's actually good at it? Maybe she'll feel pressured to actually keep performing because she's good at it, even though she doesn't like it a lot. She doesn't like to be thought of as a spectacle, is the mm -hmm. thing. She likes attention, but that's for her heroic deeds, which is different than performance. Yeah, something I was thinking of is, 
I don't know if Pony's going to stay with rhythm. That might be part of the like push and pull here. There are other positions in music that you could take, especially if there's an industry around it. Pony could end up being the group manager. That's true. She wouldn't be as front and center in the fights, though. I mean, she does like to harmonize, but that one time that she limit break or limit broke. Is it limit break or limit <laughs> limit breaked or limit? <laughs> I guess it would be, like, the most technically, but not as fun, used the limit break move. Yeah, limit broke. <laughs> when she did that for Tao, that was... <laughs> Pony's problem is she loves being in on the action, but she doesn't feel like she wants to perform because that's the wrong kind of attention. So if she doesn't want that, she'll have to step back and take a more supporting role, but that's also not her style. But maybe that's something she can learn to work on. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities that aren't in the limelight, but also are very important. You know, we talked about movies a little bit last time, like a director or a producer or something. Definitely routes that she could explore if she's interested in that still have that same nuance to it, but without the direct limelight attention. It's also a very interesting place for Pony to be because this world is so centered on Tao's backstory and accumulating power from people viewing you being a spectacle and having Pony just completely opposed to that is interesting. I don't want Pony and Tao to fight, but it might happen if Pony gets pushed into a position where she's too uncomfortable. Pony hasn't been targeted by like a possible strike in the music battle yet, has she? It's like she hasn't had to defend yet. That might be a lot of attention. Yeah, I don't think that she has. Oh yeah, we gotta talk about Geyser (laughs) trying to convince and to an extent believing herself that the party are space aliens. Trying to convince Shred of that, I mean. Yeah, I don't know if that was messing around with Shreds just for lulls, or if there's some (laughs) ulterior motive behind this. Shreds is in some position of power, I guess, being a house leader, so there might be something more going on here. I'm also thinking she's just messing with people, but also, she's not technically wrong. I mean, we all do come from different worlds than the world that they are on. She's playing with it more than anything. Because it also was super fucking funny, let's see. <laughs> yeah, so her, her example was making an illusion of the stars that she would see from Earth, being like, hey, you don't have these. This is where I'm from. So, yes, we have a different area of space we're in. I just have to question the merit of discussing space-time travel to a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed to have some sort of sense of it. These beings seem somewhat pop culture aware because he's like, oh no, I'm going to have to do a voice again. Are you going to make me take you to your leader? It's <laughs> a dumb jock. Yeah. He's kind of a moron. I love him. <laughs> I wish Dan was here to do that voice too because that's literally the voice I made him speak uh, for Andaman in Pokemon Arceus the entire time. I made him read out all the dialogue in that voice. Horrid. Yeah, he did offer to take us to the leader, which we probably should have <laughs> been inclined to follow. But instead, he gave us Slurpees? Slurs. Slurs. From the Slur machine. Slur being the musical tie, essentially, between two notes. But hilarious out of context. Yeah, and trying to acquire stuff, like going back to the produce a little bit too, that's also where we get 
the title for this episode. Connie's talking about how juicy an apple is. Shred doesn't seem to understand exactly what an apple is, but it's like, we can do juicy. (laughs) It's the juiciest rhythm line you've ever heard. (laughs) Absolutely the splashiest bass imaginable. (laughs) Wet. Wet. (laughs) Wet, wet, wet. No. (laughs) The alternate name for our band. (laughs) (laughs) What else did we get? I feel like we picked up a couple other things. The currency of this world, which either they have money, but nobody has given us any, but also we can use the points from our status to trade for goods and services. Smog, you bought a container of slide grease. We were trying to think of what's the closest thing we could get to something to put in a pipe or loose tobacco or something. And just like something that comes in a can. So slide grease it was. Came in a little tin. You can also get uh, bow rosin in a tin as well. Now that I'm thinking about it. But it came in useful. Geyser picked up some resin instead of gum. Probably fine for a clown who has no taste. Please don't eat resin. Thank you. Unless you're a supernatural clown. Yeah. And if you are a supernatural clown, please hit us up. I would like to know more. (laughs) (laughs) Pony considered a tracksuit that had juicy written on the butt, but she couldn't figure out if she would wear the pants like this or like this. (laughs) She passed for now. (laughs) We brought that up when juicy was mentioned. Uh Uh-huh. That would have been too good. Can you imagine a horse wearing something that says juicy? Because I know they make little suits and clothes for horses. That's not the hard part. But why would you make that with juicy? <laughs> a theme dressage where the rider is also wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> it's like how people will dress up their dogs and put them in purses. But it is the human who is smaller than the animal, so they are the accessory. Uh, I got the worst image in my mind just now, because Assyria is gigantic, and Pony <laughs> is tiny. So just Assyria with a purse putting Pony yeah. into the purse. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of Assyria in particular, I was thinking like, oh, we just need somebody big enough to carry around Pony, and that could definitely happen. <laughs> <laughs> Siri did carry Pony once, but that was in her hands. Yes. <laughs> she, just, she doesn't really keep much on her. When we headed out of the convenience store, walking along the boardwalk, Siri decides, I need to interact with water now. Not only water, but the ocean for this place, which, as previously described, is comprised of sound waves instead of waves of water. She puts her hand in, feels weird. She feels the vibrations. It's like, hmm, I'm going to be an animal for a second and just stick my entire head in. When you put your head into pure sound, not only is it a cacophony because they're all at different frequencies, but the pure resonating volume of that made her go deaf for a little bit. (laughs) It's like putting your head up against a fucking subwoofer or something. Has she fully regained her hearing? Yeah, Tao does later heal her so that she can hear again. (laughs) She couldn't hear herself and... Siri tones her voice down a lot because she knows she can be very loud because she's used to water, which is more dense, and a lot of her family and friends that she keeps in contact with are miles and miles apart. So she's very loud. She's been very quiet for everybody. And then when she can't hear herself, she's just yelling, just screaming at everybody. It's just funny that something so common can tempt a Siri. Because I'm thinking, like, what is the situation that Smog would have to intervene in automatically? Even now, and it's like, I don't know, there's a bunch of trapped espers or something like that that he just sees, and he's like, well, I have to unlock the cage. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot stop myself from doing this. But for a series, it's just like, there is a large body of water. Yes. 
Well, she's curious because the ocean that she's felt on Secrets Charter is very different than the ocean that she's used to. And here's another even more different ocean. So she's sort of just taking a sampling of everything. When we went to the World of Spirit, she also stuck her hand in the swamp water. She didn't go in it because she knew she would not do well, but she was still curious about it. She is a little bit of a creature sometimes, and I enjoy that. <laughs> but she does cause a commotion, and we attract the attention of some other I don't know if they're players or NPCs, but people on the beach. And that's when Snare runs over and gets up in Smog's face. <laughs> or Smog gets up in his face, is more accurate. Snare says, I can't help but hear all your noise, and you have no rhythm. And Siri doesn't understand what's happening, because she can't hear. And Smog says, hmm, seems we can't hear you at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that escalates into a fight. I don't know why you're starting shit with a drummer. That's like the worst choice you could make. They are the most likely to beat you to death. That's true. They're already armed with sticks. I mean, if I know anything about Lizzo, it's that flautists can give as good as they take. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. I mean, Smog is like 100% pure attitude, so yeah, not a huge leap. Why did you choose to go off on Snare a little bit there, other than him being nosy, I guess? Honestly, it was more of a defense of Asiri than anything else. This person is obviously having some trouble, and you're going to accost her, really? Also, she is my friend. Back the fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what you're messing with, dude. It's a shame Asiri couldn't hear that, because then she might change her opinion of Smog. (laughs) (laughs) He thought that the consequences would not be violent. We're going to do a music battle and the issue is going to get settled, not we're going to beat the pulp out of each other. (laughs) That's a very different context. That's explicitly what he was trying to avoid happening in the previous world. I'm so scared if we're going to come to terms with like beating to pulp of somebody. That wasn't a sentence. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm worried about one of these altercations getting physically violent. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad I have translators. (laughs) (laughs) that was an intense fight that y'all had though even though it was a dance battle yeah i should explain because it's not in the actual play but asiri stepped out of the fight because she was recovering being deafened still like tau explicitly healed her but she wanted to take some time Mm -hmm. off that did make the fight a little bit harder because you get a nice extra plus one bonus if people harmonize and manage to roll well Yeah, it took me a minute to really understand the music battle, and I might not still have it all figured out. I think I might need one more session to really get all the rules down. I was stuck between harmonizing and busting a move, and I didn't realize it reset every turn. So if you harmonized turn one, you did not have to harmonize turn two. You could do something else. Yeah, I think Dan styled it like a Pokemon RPG where each turn you get to make a new selection. And that does make it easier. It just took me a minute to fully understand that. But this dance battle got hectic. We have beatboxing. We have breakdancing. We have magical charging red auras from Snare. Smog rapping in reverse. Yeah. That's terrifying. (laughs) I'm going to silence you so the crowd cannot hear you by rapping in reverse. What if you brought that to an actual rap battle? It'd be so good. That would be so fucking crazy. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I, I should learn how to talk in reverse. You just gotta watch a lot of Young Justice, because that's all of 
the like magic character spells. She just speaks in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. What language does she speak in reverse? Just English? Yeah, she just speaks English in reverse. There might have been a couple times when she speaks another language, but it's usually English. Interesting. They do have, I think, like a whole Martian language that they made for the show. So maybe at some point she speaks Martian in reverse. I don't know. Pony has a rhythmic approach to these dance battles. Are you thinking of anything you can do to mix it up for our future endeavors, Carolyn? That is something I'm struggling with because right now all Pony really does is stomp her hooves to do percussion and make the beat and keep everyone on rhythm. But that's one note. Maybe it would be better if Pony pulled out of the whole performance and became like a manager or something. If she just did limit break. I could imagine Pony like out in the crowd being kind of like a barker, like hyping us up from the sides, leading the O's. <laughs> Uh, everyone needs their good hype man yep (laughs) yeah she's not gonna say step right up but she'll be like oh check this shit out if rhythm opens up i have considered kazek and i have been playing the new the rhythm final fantasy changing smog staff to the gold lines and the i think it's red yellow and green notes in the rhythm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that'd be pretty good during that fight a Siri was recovering but b she also took the opportunity to creep around and just look at like how the energy and how people were reacting to things and i forget exactly what daniel said but she figured out that it would be extremely costly if you wanted to abort a battle before either you won or, or you lost yeah what he said is that it would be emotionally taxing part of this fight is that we're anting up links you're putting your emotion into it like you would if you're performing in front of a large audience. There's something else that he said. You can physically manipulate the sparks that cause strikes. Yeah, the, the emotional energy that builds up in those sparks that cause the strikes can be moved and maneuvered somehow. She was observing the battle with Smog advising to Tao. This is a big surge of performer coming at you. Just steal a little bit from it, use that energy, turned this very angry, fast rhythm and turned it into one of their classic screeches. That larger manipulation of energy is very interesting to me, Sammy, as a player. Very curious to see how this affects us going forward. We also mentioned the slide grease, and Smog used that during one of Snare's attacks to just drop all over the drums so he slipped and didn't hit the notes as well. Gross. Very Looney Tunes-esque. That was funny. Imagine them like sliding all over the dance floor. Man, I love weird RPG items like that. I think Paper Mario does that stuff really well. Yeah. And other Mario RPGs like the Mario and Luigi games. God, I love Paper Mario. After a hard-won battle, we emerge victorious. Snare brushes himself off, a Siri comes over and talks to him. I like how this is the third or fourth time somebody has just straight up said, a Siri or the rest of the group is weird, and a Siri's just like, thank you. (laughs) 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 They talk about Eupharo, they talk about what happened when they were in Cordonaut, and Snare's like, oh, Eupharo set you up on one of his schemes again. Yeah, Siri's like, yeah, probably. (laughs) It seems likely. Every word was a a lie. But then they start trying to ask about the house leader, and they're like, oh yeah, peace out, later. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) You can't run away from a shark. What are you doing? So Siri goes, okay, push me into a corner, and strikes to subdue. Unfortunately, Siri rolled super well, and unbeknownst to us, 
<laughs> Snare was at his last harm. No! So she knocked his ass the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, all that red glow was Snare using his vitality to power up his music somehow. He did that three times throughout the fight, and Asiri knocked it down for the fourth. Pretty standard harm clock for an individual enemy. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie. She does not like this. This is a bad turn of events. She did not know. She feels incredibly guilty. She tries to immediately rub slime on him to bring him back. All your normal healing things that work for things of the flesh when it's probably not going to work very well on thing of metal and plastic. I feel like we all worked for that moment to come together because we knew there was something to it that we didn't want to ruin. Dan was over and over again like, you see this weird red flash. And every single time we were just like, I'm going to ignore that and keep doing the battle because this is going to pay off somehow. <laughs> and it did. Like, I didn't think to look at it when I was doing my deep dive because I was like, oh, somebody else is going to do this. I'm not really in this battle, so maybe I'm not paying as much attention. No, nobody else backed me up on that, which is great. <laughs> we're all too grooving. We're having too fun a time playing the music, being angry at this ridiculous man to care that he was hurting himself. <laughs> But my poor baby, I guess that's the first confirmed kill of the game. <laughs> At least the first harm clock depletion. But she didn't want to kill him. That's a no-no. You don't kill things unless you want to eat them, and this thing would hurt her teeth. But we're in a video game world. She doesn't know what a video game is. He's gonna respawn. She doesn't know that. She's in Mora. <laughs> Well, Smog understood this and found some sort of game guide, looked up the spawn point. And then you said this to Assyria and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of spawn point. It's a very different type of performance. Yeah. I think you've scarred her a little bit for life. <laughs> she's like, what? I hope when we get back to sequence charter, somebody takes her to like an arcade and it's just like, it's a game, it's fake, it's fine. <laughs> but this seems more like it is an actual world that uses lots of video game logic. It could be an actual game running somewhere. Mm -hmm. We don't exactly understand right now. We maybe have been digitized. I've certainly fell into all the tropes, like we were caught in a cutscene, the invisible wall a little bit, but to what extent are we a part of this world? Are we just player avatars and our real bodies are still on sequence trailer? Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that the world of the Lost will be elucidating in that respect. I have a feeling the world of the Lost is going to be batshit insane. It's just going to be a normal suburban town. In the, like, 80s. So there's, like, VHS <laughs> tapes everywhere. There's an 8-track player. There are just normal instruments lying around everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 it's just a band storage locker. A band tour bus. Oh, what if it's like a prototype version of the game? Because we've talked about how that's something that Tao's seen when they were receiving something from the World of the Lost was like a visual of their earlier appearance. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something that this game was before so battle-oriented. Maybe it was more of like a music sim. Maybe that's what the pyramid is, right? Like you, Pharaoh, and the, the Triangle Children hacked into the game and changed it. Maybe our purpose is to set everything back right again. Oh... I don't know if I agree with that as a person and a player, but I feel like Smog is on that track already. But there's always a way that Smog is wrong. <laughs> Smog <laughs> is always wrong. You heard it here first. <laughs> Smog is always a little wrong. I try to remember that when playing Smog. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I generally assume a series is always incorrect all the time. <laughs> it's much funnier that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. With Pony being so confident that she's doing one thing, but really she's doing another. We did see a little bit of the lapse of Pony's confidence there. She revealed to us that she can't read either. So I'm glad I have a buddy in the literacy. Pony can sometimes recognize certain words that are written on doors, like exit and barn, but she doesn't see them as letters in an alphabet. She sees them as like hieroglyphs or symbols or something. We can work on this. We have the resources and sequence charter to help you learn. Sog was trying to hold tablet classes, but the two people that needed it the most <laughs> did not attend. <laughs> no. You're going to have to do one of those. You've seen those infomercials, right? Like, your baby can read if you buy this set of books. <laughs> Smog doing hooked on phonics. Oh my yes. god. That would be so funny. I thought you were going to say he needs to lure them in with something more. Because I think it was just a little bit of food last time. But it needs to be, like, a timeshare. Like... <laughs> a vacation package. <laughs> Here's a vacation, but now you have to spend 10 hours learning about this timeshare. Pony could be swayed with a beautiful fruit basket that is 95% apples. You don't have to try <laughs> so hard for that one. <laughs> I'll keep this in mind. <laughs> After Snare gets knocked the fuck out, Asiri goes into panic mode. We rush off to the spawn point because we think that's the thing that will put Asiri's mind at ease, even though anyone else who understands the video game knows that he'll just come back there. No, she just doesn't understand. When you're dead, you're dead in her world. You don't come back. Smog tried to explain it because I think he's explained how the cycle of rebirth works in his world. And it's like, your ether is going to come all back, but it's more efficient and in the exact same form. Yeah, and I think she understands to some level that because... When your body dies in her world, it's understood that when you're eaten by something else, you become a larger part of that. But you can't eat this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is non-organic and also is dissolving in her fingertips for some reason. <laughs> right when we actually get in the carnival, because that's the spawn point, just immediately disappears. And she flips the hell out and Tao's just like, hey, why don't we go play boardwalk games and <laughs> festival games? Let's take your mind off your aggressive murder. And she's just like, ah! <laughs> Have some fun times catching tadpole notes. Little eighth notes swimming around. It's very cute. Between tears of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> then not even like ten minutes later, motherfucker walks back up behind her and doesn't recognize them at all. Yeah, it seems like part of the gaminess of this is that maybe people have some sort of individual saves. Snare did not get an opportunity to hold on to that memory because of his death. Yeah. He looks up to the, the sound cloud and realizes that he's been knocked down a couple pegs. He understands that he lost somehow, but he just doesn't understand what happened. None of that is there. They didn't hit save four times before closing out like a regular person. God, that is so true. I save like 20 times more often than I load a save file. Yeah. I play The Sims too much. I save every 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't usually think of it in terms of time. I've had too many game crashes. <laughs> <laughs> Five seconds into the conversation, they get back around to talking about the leader, and Snare tries to run off again. I love this, because series like, Tao, hold me back, and Tao's like, go for it. <laughs> clock is all fine again. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and she does it again. I don't know why you're trying to trigger the predator-prey instinct in a large shark creature. Bad plan. I don't know if they have big predator animals on this world. Like Probably they seem not. to eat 
but I don't know. It's all strange. I'm sure it's very whimsical. I doubt that there's any large threat to general livelihood from an animal perspective. <laughs> Still very funny to me, though. This town's just like, yeah, go get him. <laughs> she does. And Snare's just like, I have to go let him know. He's kind of slow. Can I just walk away and you stay here? <laughs> and the series like, I guess. And then Tao starts a recon operation. Yeah. <laughs> Tao leveled up and got a move that, from the Mystic, allows you to talk to anybody at any distance that you have a link with. So we get little chibi Tao navigators in like our periphery. It's very Persona. It actually goes along very well with the Tokyo Mirage session yeah. stuff, now that I think about it. <laughs> That's our Risei. Oh, I love Risei. <laughs> Smog goes invisible and flies overhead and tracks him down, eventually realizes he's heading to the convenience store, and then portals everyone over there with Geyser's help. Welcome back. Do you want some, like, sound block or something? <laughs> <laughs> and Tad just immediately like, that might have helped you, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I didn't know that existed until now. Thank you. I'm very excited about this upcoming cliffhanger dance battle that we left off on. I'm sure we're going to see some crazy guitar work. I want to know, like, what the disadvantage is to not being... Is it going to be, like, a Regigigas? Is there, like, a slow start? Ooh. Like, some bad starting turns, but if we let him go too long, he's going to start beating our asses. Probably. There's got to be some buildup or something, because we did catch him off guard. Normally he does this at the carnival, so... We've caught him off guard inside his shop, and before Snare could come reinforce him. Makes me wonder if there are other members of the house, because we have the guitar and the drums. I'm assuming there's like a bass player or a keyboardist, something that also probably supports them. Yeah, we seem to be in a rock-influenced area. I'm just waiting for that classic... For like beach music. (laughs) I mean, it's got to be butt rock, right? Because of the butthole surfers. I was thinking more Beach Boys, but sure. I'm sure we're somewhere in the middle. Somewhere between Beach Boys and Bottle Surfer. It's a very wide genre. Fred Astaire's asshole. That was one of the working names for the Bottle Surfers. Oh, man. I wonder how we're going to respond to this musically, because we seem to have adapted different styles, not necessarily exactly what the other person is giving us, but incorporating that back each time. I'm excited to mess around with that, because a little bit earlier when Tao and Asiri were at the carnival games, they got into a little bit of a conversation about musicality, because Asiri is very confused about what the hell's going on in this world. She doesn't understand the desire to be on top. She's just like, I don't understand why people are... Metricing out music, I don't understand why having people like your song the most makes you more powerful. And Tao's just like, think about it as those whose song makes most people happy when they hear it. That makes you feel more powerful. But the series like, I'm happy whenever I'm listening to music. Any type of song is good for her. And Tao's just like, maybe I could show you some songs that will disabuse you of that notion. <laughs> why did you say that so threateningly? <laughs> Does a Siri understand instruments? Because how many of those are there underwater? And like she's mostly singing. And it seems like other people are singing back at her. Yeah, I feel like she would have a rough sense of percussion hitting like the floor or a clam or something, a large shell. As for like strings, and certainly not woodwinds or brass. I think she's aware things make music. She's not 
dumb, but it's just definitely not something she encounters quite often. It's not really necessary. And neither is that performance aspect of it, other than ritual performance, which has its own steps. There's not, oh, let's go to a concert or something. That doesn't really exist. If there's any entertainment value, it's entertaining yourself or like your friends. It's not, oh, I need to go like rock out to like a full stadium of people. Would a Siri sing little notes to herself as she's hunting? Something like the Jaws thing, but not Jaws? (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. I like to imagine that she's always constantly humming at some level, but I'm not actually going to do that so as I'm not annoying in-game. But yeah, I definitely think there's always something going on. What sort of music is Pony used to? The Shrek world, there's obviously lots of modern music in it, not just playing over scenes, but like performed by characters. Really? Because I always thought of the Shrek music in-universe as very medieval. All-Star isn't being played in-universe, it's being played as we're watching Shrek. So I'm just thinking she, it's like medieval Ren Fair music, where it's like lots of string, lots of horns, a little bit of percussion in there. Yeah, but like the fairy godmother in Shrek 2 is just straight up performing I Need a Hero. (laughs) That's true. But she also wasn't invited to that party, so she might not know. (laughs) (laughs) There's just this whole genre of music that the fairies lord over other people. Dude, that's awesome. That's a great idea. (laughs) I bet you haven't even heard about rock and roll. (laughs) Do you know about butthole surfers? I feel like there are other musical performances in the Shrekiverse, but I can't remember any as notable as that one. Simon Cowell exists. I know it's like the Easter egg on the back of that DVD, but like... Don't they like have a form of TV too? Because they have Wheel of Torture. You can watch TV through like the magic mirrors. Right. Would Pony have access to any magic mirrors? No, because in the circus, only the ringmaster would have one of those in his private tent, and there's no way Pony would ever be allowed in the private tent. Fair. She's heard of it, she just hasn't seen it. It's been a hot second since we had you. Is there anything of the last five sessions that you wanted to talk about? We'll say that the session before this last session, where a geyser tries to summon a flute and then summons a kazoo and then starts the whole kazoo wars, that was... Pretty funny. I think it was actually better that D failed their role because it was even more annoying than what they did. <laughs> yeah, instead of me making something that is imitating one of the party members, it's a child having one of the most annoying instruments possible. Yeah. There are a few things more annoying in this world than the kazoo, which is why I own two. <laughs> The only thing I can think of is a Vuvuzela. Yeah, I'm really hoping that Dan has a Vuvuzela somewhere in this world for us. They're so obnoxious. (laughs) Awful, terrible, bad. Destroy it. Was there anything you would have done differently? Pony should have bought the top part of the tracksuit that said Juicy. The pants wouldn't have worked for her, but I think I could have made the hoodie work. Like how some fancy dogs have sweaters and stuff. God, I'm going to have so many things to draw when my wrist feels better. I should have pulled aside Geyser and or Pony to have a scene in the carnival. I just could not think of a good game or ride or something to get that going in the moment before Snare popped up again. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there was really anything. You're still very curious about these carnivore rides, but not important. (laughs) (laughs) She can explore that later.
All right, so let's get into the resolution phase, the segment of the show where we each get to say something about the game with no responses. What is your final say on this session, Carolyn? The next time we see Snare and we're in a music battle, I will have to make a joke that's like, beat his ass like a drum. I just have to wait for the perfect moment. You can find me in certain discords. And if you do know which discords I am in, feel free to send me any images of horses or dogs or puppies, whatever animals you like. (laughs) Hey, what about you, Alex? It's nice to have a context in which Smog can be a little impulsive again. You can find me on Twitter at Shining Crobat. This week, I recommend a podcast called Look Up. It is a romance about two teenage boys whose mothers have traveled to Mars and are returning. And while they await their return, they set up a telescope on a beach and go back there every night for about, I think, a week. It's very cute. It is completely finished. I don't think there will be more of it. So can go experience that all now. And for myself, I'm so excited to see what Shreds has to pull out. And I'm so excited to see what the first gym battle of this Pokemon world is truly like. Hopefully it won't be as bad as Whitney. You can find me on the floor eating bugs to gain the powers that I need to serve the Dark Masters that I'm beholden to. This has been Resolve, an afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at Resolve AP. Except Instagram, which is at Resolve Afterplay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at linksmithgames.com. All links will be included in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. Tell us what's happening in your game.